Hello, and welcome to Banking Transform, the top podcast in retail banking. I'm your host, Jim Maroos, founder and CEO of the Digital Banking Report and co-publisher of the financial brand. Customer expectations are changing faster than ever. Unfortunately, most banks and credit unions are playing catch-up with siloed data, back office technology that was built decades ago, and processes that are way, way too slow. Continuous product design supported by real-time data can help organizations deliver digital solutions that are personalized, empathetic, and delivered at speed and scale. My guest on the Banking Transform podcast is Mario Chabara, founder and CEO of Quantum Metric. Mario discusses how banks and credit unions can use data to drive digital product design and deployment that enhances the customer experiences and increases engagement. So welcome to the show today, Mario. You know, it's more important than ever to take a data-driven approach to product development whenever possible. This approach can mitigate risk and build a roadmap that aligns customer wants and needs. Unfortunately, challenges arise at most financial institutions when it comes to collecting the appropriate information and prioritizing ideas. So Mario, before we start, can you give us a little bit of a backgrounder as to who you are and a little bit about Quantum Metric? Jim, first of all, thanks for having me. Uh, and absolutely. I'm the founder and CEO of Quantum Metric. And our organization helps other companies maniacally focus on putting their customers at the heart of everything that they do. Now, that sign, sounds a little bit wonky, uh, Jim, when you think about data and analytics as you open up the conversation about you know, how do we help financial uh, organizations work with their companies in the best po- or their customers in the best possible way. And we think it's maybe what Jeff Bezos shared with us. They're obsessed around customers at Amazon. And we need to take that same perspective and bring it to financial institutions as well. This is what we do here at Quantum Metric. We, we have a platform that enables brands to understand their digital customer behavior and needs in real time, helping surface and quantify uh, potential errors or opportunities to optimize that experience uh, where teams can effectively prioritize based on the impact to the business. And this is something that uh, is not, you know, it sounds very normal to do, Jim, to just hey, look, we have a, maybe a, a, a long task of things to do. Let's, let's prioritize the things that will have the biggest impact. But it turns out uh, you have a CEO of a bank, you have a voice of customer, a call center, you have so many ways to get feedback about where things are not working. And it's hard to figure out what's most important from the customer's lens. And this is what we do here at Quantum. So, you know, Mario, we, we talk to a lot of financial institutions and, and most, many of them will say, you know, we're better talking the talk than walking the walk. And you work with some of the biggest financial institutions in the U.S. And I'm sure you get a good look as to how these com- companies are constantly challenged to evolve their approach to a customer experience, especially on digital. You know, what are you seeing as the biggest task that these firms right now are faced with in trying to meet the expectations of the consumer? Great question, Jim. Yeah, you're, you're right. We do work with several of the top 10 biggest global banks and insurers, including two of the top five banks in the U.S. And if you think about your own personal uh, you know, engagement with, with financial institutions, financial decisions are some of the toughest that individuals make and elicit. Uh, a range of emotions from high stress to lack of confidence in their understanding or, or trust in making some of these decisions. And one of the biggest challenges that, that financial institutions face is that every company 
is competing against their customer's last great digital experience. I mentioned Amazon and Bezos a few seconds ago. Think about it. When you had that great experience on Amazon, don't you expect that from your bank, from your insurer, and so on? You want that great experience. How do they deliver that? Because banks, for the longest time, and every, every leader I speak with in, in, in banks and, and insurers and in financial institutions, they say, we need to move faster, right? And, and, and banks traditionally just, they move at a slower pace than most organizations. They are risk adverse for great reason too, right? We have regulations, uh, compliance. We, we have a good reason to not break the banking system, but they've got to keep up. And I think this idea of shifting from that physical in presence, I go to a bank and I get to meet with a teller to I have an app in my pocket that helps me do my banking transactions. How do I get and figure out that that great experience? And and you know, you have on one hand this compliance and these laws that say move slower, and this one hand this demand and expectation of customers that says we've got to create a better experience for me, or I'm going to go find someone else. And I think those com- those competing pressures from a bank make it hard to figure out how do I create great digital experiences for consumers. You know, it's interesting. You you talk about that being the task at the the biggest banks that you work with. But I'm sure you see that even with the smaller banks you work with, because I know you work with financial institutions of all sizes. These tasks don't really differ between the big banks and the small banks. And one thing we've seen is when we interviewed some very large top five banks on this podcast, they said, you know what? People give us a lot more credit than we deserve. We're still truly, really trying to catch up with, as you said, what the experiences are delivered by the Amazon, by the Googles, by the Netflixes, by the Hulus of the world, where instead of simply telling people what's already happened in their relationship, actually trying to help them, guide them in the future. So how can business and technology work together better to integrate the transformation across all moving parts of the customer experience? What role does data play in this? And just as importantly, can you talk a little bit about what role the product management function plays in this? Yes, absolutely. And, I, and I, 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 it's funny you combine data and, and product management because every product manager I talk to, they say they have a really guilty, heavy weight on their shoulders. You know what that is, Jim? What? <laughs> they feel like they don't use data enough. Right. Yeah. They're embarrassed. Right, because we all know there's like just, there's data everywhere. There's almost it almost feels like today there's a tsunami of data. I have so many signals. How do I cut through that noise and figure out what data is relevant for my business? That is the biggest challenge that every organization is facing today. How how do I take data and apply it in a meaningful way? And I think about in banking and, and in product management. There's been this shift uh, in banking where. There was business and then technology, and technology felt like a cost center. It felt like you know, like it was weighing down the organization. And I, I would say the you know, if we if we shift to you know from the large global banks to the uh, up and coming digital native banks, they figured it out. They figured it out, and you don't hear about the banks that don't figure this out. By the way, Jim, like the new banks that don't figure this out, you, just, you don't hear about them. They don't make it across right. that digital divide. Right. But they, but the ones that the ones that figured out, they realized that technology is an asset. It is how they're going to engage in the consumer. If you think about it, we had a, a branch in every corner. That was the bank that made it in you know, the, the 1900s. In the 2020s, the banks that make it are the ones that have the great digital experience. Now, you can say, well, Mario, I've got uh, uh, accounts with big banks um, that don't have the best digital experience, and I'm still there, right? There's this big hurdle for a consumer to switch banks. When's the last time you switched a bank, Jim? Oh, I, I, I you know, it's interesting because uh, I asked this same question 
among an audience of 500 people. And maybe three people in 500 say they've switched a major uh, relationship in five years. You know, the other side of that, though, Mario, is I then ask, how many of you opened another financial relationship in the last two years? Almost everybody raises their hand. So while we're not closing accounts because of, you know, experiences that are not perfect, we're opening new relationships based on organizations that have used data to build relationships and build experiences that appeal to me as an individual. Not everybody's going to like it, but I opened an Acorns account because it met a need I had that none of my regular financial institutions solve for. And these, that organization is, is a great example of using data and analytics and technology to build a better experience. Yeah, you're absolutely right, Jim. And it's, you know, it, it, there's a hurdle to switch accounts and, you know, you could offer a terrible experience for a long time and maybe, you, you know, you won't have this massive amount of attrition, but it will trickle. That three out of 500 will become 10 and 50. And you're right. When, when I think about um, maybe I won't switch my, my primary account, but I'm going to open, I'm going to, I need new insurance. I bought a new car uh, two weeks ago. I'm really excited about it, by the way, Jim, but a uh, new Tesla, but it's, it's, it's not um, like there are these new relationships. And I think about when I get that insurance with that new car, who's the best fit for me? And part of it is who has a great experience? Who's, you know, if I go to a website and they could have the best rates in the world, they could have, and, and honestly, a great experience. But if the site loads 10 seconds, guess what I'm doing, Jim? I'm not even going to wait for it to load. I'm going to go somewhere else. So just yeah. the speed at which the site loads is important. But then, of course, if it loads fast, and I, and I click uh, next and, and it says, I'm sorry you had an error, but it's not quite clear to me where the error is. I might try for a little bit. And then if I can't figure it out still, I, I'm going to go. I'm not going to call the call center and say, hey, you guys know you have a problem. I'll wait for you so I can insure my car or open my next checking account or my next credit card. And it's like things like the business cases of like, look, I like points. I bet you do too. Uh, we all do, right? Like I might have the best points credit card, but if I can't fill out the application online, it doesn't matter how much the business uh, has created a great, wonderful product for me. I've got to make that digital experience seamless and easy to use, just like Amazon has made for us all. You know what? You, you talk about that and, and the consumer's expectation, just not just mine and yours, but the regular consumer's expectation has risen so much because of the pandemic. Yesterday, and I was telling somebody this story yesterday, but yesterday I got an email from my bank, my business bank. And it started off really well. It's addressing the small business customer, which I am. And then it tells me about how to how I should start using my debit card and how I can get rewards and how I can do this and how I can do this with my debit card. That set me off because basically I have and use my business debit card regularly. So they obviously sent this to every small business customer and didn't look to see, <laughs> geez, is this a message that's going to resonate? On top of that, to your point, there was a learn more. So I said, you know what? Let's see how they do this. I hit the learn more and it went to a site that was not working. And I said, well, maybe this is just my problem. So I had three other people <laughs> and I said, can you test this email and see if it goes anywhere? It went nowhere. And then on top of that, adding one more layer of frustration is below the email was the microtype on stipulation, you know, everything they want to do from the rules and regulations and disclosure standpoint. And it was almost a 50% increase in size at at least a 50% decrease in font. So basically, the disclosures were much longer than the email itself. And again, this is where the data and analytics and technology 
The expectations has risen. So, you know, every institution I talk to says our data is far from structured. It's in multiple silos and it's really unmanageable. Is this where third party organizations like Quantum Metric can assist the financial institution and work with what I'm going to call messy data? to build a better format to actually deploy this and democratize this across an organization, working quickly to format it in the use for product design and building a better customer experience? You're absolutely right, Jim. I, you know, this tsunami of data, as I referred to it earlier, has, has haunted brands uh, for years. Like, what do I do with this data? And, and I think the difference is that, um, you, you know, the difference that we need to take a look at today is, you know, as you mentioned, there's these silos of data. And it, it gives every part of the organization uh, a unique perspective of what they need to go do. And so if you call all of the leaders, anything from product, as you mentioned, uh, UX design, marketing, uh, engineering, operations, voice of customers, say, what's the number one thing that we need to do that would have the biggest impact for our customer base? And Jim, if you have five people in the room, you might get 10 different answers. And you ask for the number one thing. They're not aligned because their data tells them, you know, this is number one and their data is different for each one of those parts of the organization. So, you know, I, I think that we're seeing this transformation of like, how do we take data and get alignment across the organization is, is I can't look at it from the marketing lens. I can't look at it from the product lens. I can't look at it from the operations lens. The only lens that makes sense is the customer's lens. And so this is what we do at Quantum. It's like, look, we take that data. We actually capture it uh, firsthand, you know, through a tag on a website or an SDK in a native app. And we take that data and we make that meaningful for all parts of the organization so that everyone is aligned, not from the individual functional areas, but the simple part from the customer's lens. And as I take it back to, hey, Bezos is telling us what to do. He told us, just obsess around the customer. Don't obsess around marketing. Don't obsess around product. Obsess around the customer and then take that information and sure, disseminate it across these functional groups. But aligning around the customer will tell you what you need to do to have that biggest impact and continuing to improve and iterate that digital experience. So really, you're taking data that organizations currently use really well for building really good reports and telling people what's going on with the customer base. And you work with organizations to deploy this across the entire organization, democratizing insights for the benefit of the consumer so that no matter what channel they go to, the experience will be consistent, that the consumer can get to where they want to go. And if they talk to a human, that that organization's in a position to make this human help with the digital experience? Yeah, yeah you're absolutely right. You know, look, we were talking about age before we got started. You know, you and I are, are a little bit older, maybe, you know, and, and I, I think I can ask you to, to remember back to that time when maybe you were in your teens or even earlier and you went to a bank. You remember that time you opened that first checking account? Uh, I hope you do. I remember it. I went to the bank and I got that, uh, um, oh, yeah. that, that, you know, your first set of checks, et cetera. And you remember trying to deposit a check into that. You might've not figured it out. Like I, I remember it, like I struggled and I remember someone coming over to me as I struggled trying to fill out that deposit slip. And this might not connect with some of our millennial audiences, you know, this idea of a deposit slip at all, Jim. I've never seen a check. <laughs> yeah. Maybe, maybe not even <laughs> seen a check, but, but guess what happened to me? And I, I hope that you had this experience too. Someone came over and helped me. They saw I was struggling. I think I went through like three or four deposit slips. They were seeing me throw it on the ground and crumpling it up and I'm trying the next one. And they came over and helped. And if you think about it, when you're depositing a check now in that best branch in the world, the one in your pocket, 
right? The most popular branch in the world. And, and you take it and you try to deposit a check and you get an error and you get an error. And, and, and how, do you, how do you help that person, right? Because you can't see them. There's no one next to you. And I think there's, a, there's, a, there's an opportunity here to make digital more human. And, and it's not because I pop up a box that says, here, I can help you, right? Because no one wants that. What we do, and, and, and I don't know about you, Jim, I don't fill out surveys. We have a lot of great survey partners. I can tell you for sure, people fill out surveys. I, I promise you people, I don't like to fill out surveys though. Uh, I, I think they should just know I'm having a bad experience. And that's exactly what Quantum does. You don't need to fill out a survey. You don't need to call the bank. We take a look at, hey, look, there's a lot of people all of a sudden that aren't making deposit uh, check deposits. And they're frustrated with this specific button. And we have customers, uh, you know, um, one of them, for example, was, um, was the, the um, Bank of Montreal, I believe, where they had a, a challenge of, of people just trying to sign up for uh, a credit card. And they're clicking a button, you know, sign up, and it's not working. And we didn't need them to, to fill out a survey. We didn't need them to email the CEO or the bank president. We just looked and said, hey, look, there's a rage click right there. And we looked, there's a big drop off of people all of a sudden submitting their credit card applications. And now we can pinpoint, look, without a survey, without a call, here's a frustration point. It's impacting the business. It's impacting the customer's experience. Let's go prioritize that. It's probably the biggest thing they could have done that day is fix that one single button. And this is how we can make digital more human. We, we, we don't have these experiences in the physical presence anymore in, a, in an actual bank as, as much as we used to but we can connect with our consumers using data across our organization, aligning them around here's where we can make that biggest impact. You know, it's interesting because you talk, you know, the, the whole digital world provides us so much insight into what a consumer is doing every second. You know, Amazon knows so much about me based on what I buy. Google knows so much about me by what I search for. Hulu knows so much about me by what I watch. But sometimes we miss the signals that are out there. I was talking to a bank a couple months ago that said, you know, the signal that most financial institutions missed was they got really fat and happy and excited about the fact that their deposit levels went way up with the stimulus checks. But they didn't look at the data to say, what else happened during that period? And this one organization did something really unique and they said, where else did people transfer money? And they found out there was a massive number of people that were transferring money to organizations like Robinhood, to SoFi, to Acorns. And what that did was it gave a signal that, oh, by the way, I'm not the only depository organization that this customer works with. And by not reading the data, we miss tremendous opportunities at times of instant change when a consumer is making decisions and sending out signals, and yet we're not reacting to it. You mentioned the fact you just bought a car. I bought a Jeep three years ago, and I went into this big effort on my own to say, I want to give my financial institutions every possibility available to say, I want to help you. I took test drives, which puts a trigger into the credit bureau saying, this person's taking a test drive and they are looking for a car. I put things on social media. I wrote a check for the down payment and my financial institutions never took those signals and did anything with them. I assume this is really where your organization helps financial institutions really along the customer journey to say, these are triggers you have to pay attention to and here's what you should do with those triggers, correct? Jim, it starts with looking at your customer journey holistically and looking behind the, just the customer behavior data that you get because 
you don't want to make bad assumptions leading to, to, to bad next steps. Like you said, um, you know, just because you have greater deposits doesn't mean that we had a greater or good enough uh, customer experience on digital. And, and I think I'll take it from a, from a different perspective. And, you know, I think it's not just having that omni-channel journey about you know, what's happening, you know, in my, in my banking app or, or my checking uh, behavior. It's looking at the true omni-channel journey um, connecting across all those touch points. And, and it even goes all the way into the contact center. I don't know how, when the last time you've had to, to call your bank um, and, you know, you had an issue. But, but it happens to, um, to everyone. And, and it's like, you know, is this a, a good thing or a bad thing? Sometimes people are, are excited. They're, they got that new car. Help me figure out how to insure it best. Help me uh, understand what are the best uh, banking products or insurance products for me. And I'll give you one example where we've helped uh, one of our partners. Uh, Western Union has been one of our first or early on adopters. And um, we've helped them create this you, you know, unique kind of visibility for their contact center, uh, which has helped them dramatically reduce their time to resolution for customer calls and reduce their customer escalations by over 30%. And you think about this from, a, from, from Western Union's perspective, that call center, it's a great way to interact. You know, we talked about that physical presence. I had an opportunity to connect with my customer. That, that call center has become that more human way uh, of connecting with them versus just that digital service. But it's also a really big expense for them. So here's an opportunity to connect, but how do we make it more efficient so that when they do connect, you know, you're going through a process. I mean, you call in, Jim, you know, when you call a, a contact center, like, hi, what's your name? What's your account number? Um, what were you doing? How can I help you? But at Western Union, we were able to get them that, that knowledge where I can say, hi, Jim, I know you were trying to complete this transaction. I see you had some struggle right here. How can I help you? And that feels human. Right when I know and I can see what you're doing and understand the context and why you're calling, and I yep. think that's how organizations can take the data and they have this data today, but they're not quite sure how to how to enable their teams to use that data in real time and create better experiences. And whether you're uh, a bank and insurer and any across any of these financial institutions, we can make digital more human. You know, it's interesting, Mario. When when I went to your website, one area of focus that that your website and your message is is around continuous product design now that really struck my attention because i think it's something that's very different from the way financial institutions look at things and the way that many organizations outside of financial services do can you explain a little bit about your concept of continuous product design and how this all fits into the overall customer journey yeah absolutely and i'll, I'll even take it a step further and, and, and tell you about some results of people adopting continuous product design. So, you know, you mentioned the earlier uh, concept of like data living in silos with the org, uh, within the organization. And I mentioned um, how we can tear down those silos by doing the simplest of things, putting the customer at the forefront, like just focusing on what their needs are versus what our functional area, uh, you know, needs are or what our data is telling us. And, you know, there's other products that uh, support organizations. Like I, I like one like application performance management, APM. It helps organizations understand where their friction points are on the back end and the IT side. And I've seen organizations use that data but, uh, correctly and incorrectly. And the incorrect for me is they start with that data. They start with thinking about where is the largest occurrence of some error message uh, in their log file. But as a consumer, that might have not affected my experience. I might have not seen any kind of error. It might say, hey, out of threads or something weird like that in the log file. Right. And then they're focusing on this error. But I, but I think part of continuous product design is, first of all, at, at, at the heart of it, 
focus on your customer. And then from there, you have these different parts of your organization that make that experience come to life. And uh, come to life. And, and, and how do you take those limited resources and focus them on where they can have that biggest impact? And so part for me is continuous product design is, is how do we help companies iterate their product at a faster speed, and especially for banks, with that lowest risk profile at the same time, because there's this competing of you know low risk, because you're not going to get a bank to accept greater risk and move faster. So we got to you know so you got to keep the low risk. But how do we train their team to actually use data in real time to move faster? I actually asked the bank, how do you listen to customers? How do you know what they want? Well, we do surveys. Okay, what do you do with the surveys? Well, we take those surveys and every 30 days we get together and and we review them and we make decisions. I'm like, okay, great. What about the bank that does it every week? Right. What about a bank that does it every day? What about a bank that does that in real time? And I'll tell you, they were scratching their head like, yeah, that sounds, that sounds like a better process, not waiting. Because could you imagine as the bank customer, you fill out a survey, I can't log in, and maybe in 30 days, someone's going to take it and do something about it. And you know, banks don't move that fast. And even after the 30 days, it might take some time. So I think it's you know, continuous product design is taking all this data that we get from that, that consumer uh, customer journey experience and acting on it across our organization, aligning these individual teams around the customer, not around their individual teams. And I think that's one of the big faults that we've had in the last 20 years is that we divided our organizations into teams. It makes sense, but then we gave them their own data and they're running off and doing what they think is best for their team versus what's best for their customer. So CPD is really around taking data, aligning around the customer and making the biggest impact. Because there's a thousand things I can do today. What are the top three that my team can do today that would have the biggest impact? You know, it's interesting. You talk about that instantaneous response to a, a consumer issue. And, you know, when it comes to personalization, there's this invisible line between really understanding what the customer wants and needs and not having the customer feel that their information is maybe being used, misused or you're your big brother. How do you find that balance as you build these communication uh, opportunities? How do you find that balance between doing what the customer wants and possibly spooking them out a little bit? Yeah, so it's, it's a great question. And, you know, I, I think it's a little bit like, um, well, first of all, I'll tell you, like I actually, when the GDPR came out in 2016, 2017, I forget the exact date, I was a little bit like, uh, oh my gosh, this is, this is a big change for how like society is going to treat data for consumers. And after a scratch of my head, like, what does it really mean? I, 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 here at Quantum, we embraced it. We actually put it as a top priority. How do we think about, uh, and I think what, what, what GDPR embodied was privacy by default. How do we think about taking the highest standard of care of data privacy and data security? And I mentioned we work with some of the largest banks, insurers. Uh, we work with uh, many healthcare institutions. Um, and, and, I, and I think, you know, where, where those conversations start, first is how are you going to protect data privacy and data security? And if you look at the GDPR, what they talk about is, um, you know, anonymous data is, is private by default. It's anonymous. So you don't have to really have a, a fine lens when you take a, a, you know, that perspective of it's anonymous. And when you think about that anonymous data, what can we do with it? Well, we can take a look at it and, and say and that the example I gave you earlier, we, we, we looked at where credit card signups were, were failing. And, and it doesn't matter if it's, it's a uh, you know, retail banking uh, focus. It happens in you know, commercial banking, work with um, you know, many commercial banks as well, wholesale, um, private wealth, and taking that data, not at an individual level, but an aggregate level and helping, uh, helping those organizations understand 
where at, at large are people frustrated? Not individually. We don't need to know who a consumer is to help them. We need to know where is the friction points happening across the organization. So having that really high standard of care uh, around data privacy and data security is top of mind. We just can't work with these global organizations if we don't present that case right up front. So, you know, I think about it as, um, look, we want to help a customer. Um, could you imagine if you were in a store or sorry, in a bank and, and, you, and you saw someone come in? Of course, when, that, when I was struggling in that bank, filling out the deposit slip, someone was looking at me. Was I spooked that someone was looking at me and they came over to right, help me? Right. Not at all. I was excited that someone came over and helped me. Uh, so, th- so I think, Jim, it's about like just treating uh, folks with, you know, just keeping that, um, that privacy and security of top of mind in, in every interaction that we do. It really gets down to value transfer. You know, if you're going to provide me value for my data, then I'm going to be okay with you using my data. That's why Amazon never never gets much friction around all the data they're collecting around what I'm purchasing on a regular basis because they use it for my benefit, you know, and, and that's a big difference. And, you know, when we look at the, the bad, the bad experiences, the broken button or confusing web page that you've referenced earlier, it goes deeper than that in the digital world as to what are the factors that drive customers away. From your perspective, what right now is some of the, are some of the friction points, some of the things that are driving consumers away from brands that is based on the data? Yeah, I'll tell you, like we, we talked about like, look, if the site doesn't load fast enough, it doesn't matter how great the experience is. We talked about a button at the end of a, a process that doesn't work. But it's, the problem is it's complex, Jim. And if it was easy, you know, organizations wouldn't be working with quantum. They're just like, hey, look, we've got it. But they invite us in and we get to show them like it's complex to see all of these moving parts. And I'll give you a great example. I was talking um, with uh, one of our team members who went to one of these big banks and went through a loan process. And what they, what they did was they filled out like a seven step. You can imagine, like you, you've done this probably before, either signing up for an account or signing up for a loan. There's a lot of information you need to share. And I think they said it was about seven steps. So they're filling out all the information, next, 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 next. They get to submit. By the way, Jim, the submit button works, right? They hit submit. But then they sit on a page and it says, please wait, processing your data. You know, wait for the loan application response. And they're waiting a minute. They're waiting 10 minutes. And after, you know, an hour, they're like, oh my gosh, this might not be working. So they press reload, right? What would you do if it happened to you? You press reload, you press back, doesn't matter which exactly. one. Exactly. You know what happened to them, Jim? You know what happened to them? They got uh, a page. Step one, welcome to the loan application process. <laughs> do you think that they would have filled out that seven steps that took them many, many minutes oh, yeah. to do? Or are they going to go somewhere else? And that's the part where, you know, you, you can look at the wrong data and, hey, look, people are filling out the applications. We look at the other end of actual loans that were created it's not happening because something broke there. And so looking at all the, and, and by the way, it's not just at the end. It's not just a submit button. It's every step of the way. It's the there entire could be process. A, exactly or, right. You know, yep. it. You, you, we've all had these form validation errors and stuff like that, or we've all had the slow pages, the buttons that don't work. It's complex. And, and sometimes people get lost in the navigation and so on and so forth. There's so many things that make up the experience. And so it's really hard for organizations to, to kind of piece that all together, right? Because you have the UX and design team responsible for that flow and product kind of laying out what we're trying to deliver. And you have operations trying to make it work. And then you have voice of customer giving you feedback and call centers and even emails to the CEO. And if she's upset, um, she might say, this is a top priority. Look, I got a customer uh, you know, yelling at us. But how do you figure out of all those different parts of the, of the process, which one will actually 
drive change for your organization? Which one's going to make a better experience? Which one's going to get more loans, more credit cards, more commercial um, you know, accounts uh, signed up with you? So it's really about how do I take all of these pieces and put them together to create success? You know, it's interesting, Mario. Everything we've talked about up to now, there's no aha moment that a banker's going to go, God, I never thought of that. You know, that, that bankers know what they need to do. Bankers know that the need to deploy data and insights and democratize that across the organization so that customers can be served better. They know they have to improve the speed and simplicity of their digital engagements. That all being said, when you sit down with a financial institution and you're bringing your solutions to the table, what stands in the way from an organization saying yes or moving forward? Yeah, I, I think when you hear everything that I've shared that we do with banks today, and you're sitting in that seat of a bank, what I often get is, yeah, we're doing that, right? If you take a look at, you know, maybe the fundamental thing we're trying to share, which is, you know, transformational for organizations is, and it's so simple, listen to your customer, something I would call maybe customer-led growth, right? They're telling you what to do to get more uh, transactions, more business with them, to make them happier. So they're saying we're doing that. But if you remember the, the case I shared earlier, they talked about what we're doing it, but it takes us 30 days to really listen. Yep. And I think what we're doing at the heart of CPD, and I mentioned like we, got it, we, we can't change the risk profile of a bank, but, but how do I get people to move faster? So all the things that we help organizations do, we do it, they're already doing it, but we help them make it faster. And, and I think um, you know, what, one, one case, uh, one, one experience I'd share with you is you know, when we engage with BMO, you know, Bank of Montreal, um, you know, they have data, they have tools. And like, you know, is this really going to help? But we found a part of the organization that was ready to embrace change. They had kind of felt this pain, like, yeah, we're not, we're not moving fast enough. We want to move uh, faster. Can you help us? And so we engaged with them and they had kind of envisioned a new experience with their commercial uh, banking uh, products. And uh, their head of digital, uh, um, digital innovation at BMO, Sean Ellery, he, he, you know, he shared after having engaged with quantum and having, you know, this opportunity to say, okay, great. Can you help us move faster? He, he said, um, you know, being customer centric is, is easy to talk about, but it's, but it's hard to actually do, especially yep. when you have over a hundred thousand commercial digital banking sessions a day. And, and then he shared with us, working with us, they've been able to turn that completely, uh, you know, that completely customer centric um, team, you know, into a completely customer centric team and have that, framework to continue to scale their customer experience and service. Their, their ability to be customer-centric extends you know, beyond the platform itself. And, and he notes it's thinking differently about you know, when things pop up, like let's say an alert that people are, are challenged here or, or um, you know, a customer mentions um, you know, in a voice of customer feedback or even like a, an app in the app store review. And it's about driving more, in his words, swagger within the team itself. You know, how do you get them to own that customer focus to own that they have an opportunity to 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 go beyond the you know just the data and really change the culture within the organization to put the customer at the center of everything that they do you know it's interesting you you talk about the fact that every institution says they put the customer at the center of what they do we've done surveys and asked financial institutions do you have digital account opening uh capabilities 77% say yes. Do you have digital loan application capabilities? About the same percentage. We then say, um, do, you ex do you require the customer to come into the branch to complete a part of this? All of a sudden, around 30% of those 70% flip-flop. 
fall down because they expect the customer to come into the branch. And then we ask, how long does the process take? And in many cases, well, in fact, on average, it's 10 to 15 minutes. What happens is we, we aren't, as you say, we're not seeing it from the customer's lens. So while we can say we, we can check box, yes, we have it. The reality is it's not digitally optimized. It's not done in the way consumers expect digital to work. Consumers expect digital to work the way an Apple card can be applied for five screens, four screens, I guess it is, in about two minutes. They don't expect to complete all, fill in all the information that you know about them or can get through other sources and simply say, is this information right? When I go to a, a retail store, many times when I go on the, the, going on the mobile app to go to a retail store and I want to buy something, I say, yes, I want to buy it. I put in how I want to buy it. And all of a sudden, the entire field is filled in. That saved me a lot of time and the possibility for error. So it avoids risk. And we don't think about that. That's the, as you're saying, if we need to look, we keep on saying we look at the eyes of the consumer, but we squint a little bit too much. Too much is left to chance. <laughs> you know, organizations today are trying to build better digital experiences. It is a big nut to crack. There's a lot of elements of it. As a, as a starting point, if an organization is saying, we need to know, we got to do something now. We got to do something fast and scalable. What should they do today? I, I love it. I love your, your example, Jim. I, I opened up an account uh, a year ago and I had to go into a branch to finish where, I mean, you know, right? I'm the same as you. I want to do it all online, all in digital. And these banks want you to do it too. And I'm still perplexed about why I had to go into that branch. So I share that, that pain and and I do agree, like checkboxes are great. Like, yeah, I did fill out some of the information, but I was forced to go into the branch. Not a great digital experience. And I, and I, you know, one of the fun things that we do at Quantum is that we have cross-industry conversations and we bring in this CDO from some of our banking customers, some CDOs from our media and telco customers, our uh, airline customers, our, our largest retail in the world customers. And we bring them together to have a conversation. Um, and what I see this kind of cross-pollination, if you will, around like, what do great experiences mean for banks? What do they mean for retailers? What do they mean for an airline, et cetera? And you start to figure out that they're all facing the same problem. And it's exactly what you just said in, in your question, which is, what is that number one step that I can do? And unfortunately, Jim, there's no silver bullet because I would just tell you right here and, and to all the audience listening, here, just go do this. But it's really about taking data and figuring out what is the this? What is the highest priority item that would have the biggest impact. And this is probably the, where, where companies struggle the most at taking their data and figuring out what would have the biggest impact to success. So if we're thinking about checking account signups, um, one of our customers was able to take our data and create a better, better experience, simplifying their application process. And it's, it's, it's public knowledge. So I won't share the name of the brand, but they created 3X checking account signups by simply making that digital experience better. And there's no silver bullet, but like you said, Jim, I think there's a great example that you shared. Do type ahead for my, for my physical address, because I often get it wrong. You know where like physical addresses uh, typing is, is like, I don't know, maybe 5% of the problems that we see. And it's not just banking, it's, it's across all the industries you work with, but it's so silly. Just do type ahead. I don't know why anytime I have to type my full address, every time I do, my heart sinks a little bit. I'm like, did these people not realize that they personally had some experience where we had type ahead on the address and looked it up and how much easier that is versus typing the wrong address? Could you imagine you type the wrong address 
and the checking account goes to your neighbor, like your check, your checkbook goes to your neighbor. Oh, you're right. Yeah, <laughs> it's terrible. It's terrible. So that's assuming the account gets opened. Yeah, I think simplifying the process is is really the starting point. You know, as we finish up this podcast, one question I have for you is, you know, from your perspective, where do you see the the realm of data analytics? product design and delivering a better customer experience in banking, where do you see it being three years from now? A relatively short time, but with things happening so quickly, what do you see as being what, where we're going to be three years well, from Jim, now? Jim, I share with you a story. I got on with one of my customers, one of, one of the largest in the industry that we, that, that we you know, one of the four industries that we work with. So I won't name the name or, or the customers. You'll find out right away. But, but um, the gentleman said to me, hey, Mara, do you know what Quantum Metric is, is doing here at our organization? And I said, I'd love to hear in your words. And he said, quantum metric is changing the culture of our organization. So when I mentioned as we started off that we're helping organizations maniacally focus on winning the hearts of their customer and helping them create that culture, it was strange because you know, we, we started off as, as talking about a company as a digital analytics. And yet here's our customer base talking about you're changing our culture. Now he went off to describe what he meant by that culture change because culture change sounds you know, a little bit you know, out there in space. And he said, look, in, in the past, um, I had two, two reports. I have business or product, and then I have technology. And they come into the room and they fight over what the priorities are, not because they're mean or dislike each other, but because they have, as you started off in the conversation, silos of data. And the silos are pointing in different directions of what their, their priorities are. And he had to be the parent in the room with these two kids and, and help work out what the real priority was between their bickering. Now they come into the room aligned on what they need to do on behalf of their customer. There is no bickering. They both come in the room and they say, yes, here's the thing that we're going to do. Here's our priority list based upon where our customer frictions are on, on the opportunities that are improving that customer journey from the customer's lens, not their own intuition, not their own personal experiences, but what the data is telling them. So I think that's where we're headed in the next three years. I think we're going to see organizations really become a, a, an aligned a unit that's solely focused on making better experiences for their customer. And all of that will translate into better business. You know, we look at attrition, we look at how do we get new signups. It's all these same business goals embodied in one thing, obsess around your customer. And I think the companies that don't figure this out, Jim, we're not going to see their big brands in the next few years. Yes, there's a trickling attrition and it's so right, small, they might right. not feel the pressure. But these, these new starter banks, like we work with one of them, for example, Aspiration Bank is a, is a great customer of ours. They're digital native. They have a great social cause. But at the heart of it, they figured out how to do digital banking successfully um, and make great experiences. And I think what we're going to see in the next three years, either you're going to make these great experiences or you're not going to make it as a bank. So I think that's the big change that we're going to see from the consumer lens. And I think the organizations are going to have to figure out a way. How do I focus on making the customer uh, my top priority in my entire organization? Mario, thank you so much for being on the show today. I really appreciate you and Quantum Metric really giving us an idea as how data can do more than simply be applied in the traditional ways and, and really improve the customer experience. Thanks a lot. Jim, an absolute pleasure. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Banking Transform, the winner of three international awards for podcast excellence. If you enjoyed today's interview, please take some time to give our show a high rating on your favorite podcast app. Also, be sure to catch my articles on the financial brand and the research we're doing for the Digital Bank Report. This has been a production of Evergreen Podcasts. A special thank you to our producer, Leah Hasledge, audio engineer, Sean Roll Hoffman, and video producer, Will Pritz. 
I'm your host, Jim Maroos. Until next time, remember, a lot of times the consumer doesn't know what they want until you show it to them. The Jim Stroud Podcast explores the discoveries and trends forming the future of our lives. Brain-to-brain communication, robot bosses, microchip implants for workers, and artificial intelligence replacing human workers are all happening now. If you want to know what's happening next, subscribe now to the Jim Stroud Podcast.